The recent sharp rises in interest rates has many Medics Money podcast listeners who have a mortgage worried. And today we are going to help you understand what you need to do if you have a mortgage and you're worried about the rapidly rising interest rates. So we're going to quickly recap how we got here by talking a little bit about inflation and how interest rates are related to that. Then we're going to talk about what you can actually do if you have six months or less remaining on your mortgage. And that is literally a no brainer tip there. So definitely check that one out. We're also going to discuss about whether to overpay or save money if you're in a slightly better position of having maybe three years left on a long-term fix, but you're thinking ahead. So hopefully this is going to help allay your mortgage fears because we've been getting tons of questions about it. Let's get straight into the episode. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists, and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP. And by me, Dr. Ed Cantelow, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and chartered tax advisor. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. On today's podcast, I'm delighted to welcome Mike Harms, who is an independent financial advisor, a chartered financial advisor, and also runs Medical in General, which is a really popular firm for getting advice for medics. Thanks so much for coming on, Mike. It's like really early in the morning. But the reason we're doing this is because the mortgage market seems to be a meltdown if you read the newspapers. And I thought we could help our listeners by giving them some advice or information about what they can do. Absolutely. More than happy to be on. Thanks very much for having me. Why is the mortgage market struggling a bit at the moment? Okay. So I think it's always like useful to put some history behind why we are where we are. And ultimately, the reason why interest rates are rising is because of inflation. Now, there's been a lot of talk around inflation. We obviously appreciate that it's been impacting people with what's called the cost of living crisis. And a lot of the inflation pressures we're finding today hark back to COVID. Brexit and basically just the economy overheating. And ultimately, inflation is obviously the change in price of goods year on year. Last year, the Ukraine war and the impact of sanctions on Russia also fed through to the UK and across the world. But the UK has been far more stubborn and persistent than it has been in other countries. So the Bank of England, they're the guys that set, guys and girls that set the interest rates that sort of determine roughly what everyone is paying for their debt. And the only lever they have to try and control inflation is to increase interest rates. By increasing interest rates, the aim is to reduce people's ability to buy things and spend money, and therefore reduce the pressure on people's demands on goods and services. So that's when there's talk about a recession, there's a slowdown in the market, in the economy. And if they can successfully slow down people's spending habits and things like that, then inflation will hopefully then start to come down quicker. And once inflation is back under control, and by control we mean there's a target of around 2% per year, then interest rates will start to fall again. So the interest rate rises as we see it right now are purely reaction to high inflation that is being persistent and stubborn. Yeah. Okay. So that's like a great little simple explanation. Like inflation is the cost of goods and services. That's gone really high for the variety of reasons that you mentioned, the war, Ukraine, the pandemic, etc. And then really the only 
lever that the Bank of England has to pull to decrease that high inflation is to make borrowing money more expensive. And they do that by raising interest rates. And as you say, you know, historically, that's been the way that it always worked. And, you know, hopefully it will come back down again. But the problem with that is that if you are borrowing money with a mortgage or any other kind of borrowing, these rising interest rates are a big problem. And I was just looking at a graph because, you know, we had famously low interest rates for the last 10 years, you know, under 1%. So this time last year, July 2022, the interest rate was 1.25%. Now, at the time of recording, it's 5%. I reckon it might be a bit higher soon. Not advice, not a prediction, but we'll see how that one ages. <laughs> so it's gone from one25 to 5% in a year. And that is like a bit of a problem. Huge problem. And um, actually, again, just looking this morning on various forecasts, they anticipate that over the coming six months that the rate will rise possibly to a maximum of 6.5%. So we've still got another 1.5% potential increases over the next six to 12 months. I think it's useful to sort of just again contextualise. There was anticipation that had inflation been under control by now, interest rates would be coming down at the back end of this year. But I think everything is now pushing forward by about six to 12 months. So the chances are we're still going to be seeing high interest rates till this time next year, if not longer. Yeah. Okay, so that's affecting borrowers. So let's like drill into mortgages specifically. What kind of problems are you seeing? What do people need to do? And like, should people panic and react to some of the almost hysterical articles that you're seeing in the press? Or is it not as bad as it seems? That's like eight massive questions in one. Start where you want. <laughs> no problem. Okay, right. So first things first, you will always see headline grabbing articles out there. It's always about doom, gloom, the worst case scenario. Now, it's not to say that there are difficulties out there because there are. Um, I'm not denying that. It's just the fact that it's not always as bad as it first seems. So if we consider where we sit right now with interest rates, as of yesterday, and I say yesterday because within probably 24 hours, these things can change, you know, we'd be looking at a two-year fixed rate currently out there in the market for someone with um, what's called an 85% loan to value. That's where you are borrowing up to 85% of the value of the property, and you can currently get a two-year fixed rate of 5.69%. Now, on the basis that the Bank of England base rate is 5%, there's not a huge spread, and the spread is the difference between those two, that the banks are purporting to be making in terms of money there. A five-year fixed rate, just to give you an indicator of how they believe the markets will be over the next five years, is at 5.23%. Now, obviously, what they're doing is they're pricing in uncertain things. They don't know whether interest rates will be lower in five years. They anticipate them. But as you can see here, not by a huge amount. Now, for a while, at the back end of last year in 2022, we were seeing five-year fixed rates lower than two-year fixed rates. And also, we were seeing actual interest rates lower than the Bank of England base rate. So it just gives you a flavour as to how things have changed and the fact that they're now starting to think this is going to stick around for a little bit longer because of the sticky inflation we've got. If we bring it down to, say, a 60% to value, so say you're in a really positive position, you've got 40% of cash and equity, then you'd be looking currently at 5.35% on a two-year fixed rate and 4.97% on a five-year fixed rate. So that's below the current Bank of England base rate. So it all comes down to your loan to value, the perceived risk because of the amount you're borrowing, and just what they think longer-term trends are in terms of rates. So, yes, they are higher than they were. And there's no doubt in that. We had, as you said earlier, we had over 13 years at 1% lower on interest rates. And that's over a third of most people's mortgage terms in their entire life. It's unprecedented. If we look back in history, 
rates were at 5.75% in 2007. They were at 5.75% in 2001. 7.5% was the Bank of England base rate in 1998, and a whopping 14.88% in 1989. Now, we're not in 1989, obviously. Things are very different since then. And I did read something recently where it showed that the average house price in, 19, in the 1980s was around £21,000. But it was only around about 11.3% of someone's income to afford that mortgage. But actually what we're seeing in today's market is the average house price is 292000 and the average income or how much you consume your income is around 45%. So a big difference. Ah, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think we must read the same newspapers. But I was walking past a newsstand <laughs> the other day and I did not buy it. But a notorious boomer-friendly newspaper was basically saying it wasn't. It was much worse in the 1970s. Stop whining. But your point there is really important. That as a percentage of income, houses now are much, much more expensive than they were back in the 1970s when the boomers were in their heyday. And so, although we're only around five percent now and not at the 12 percent or whatever the boomers are going to tell us the 1970s were at, people are more leveraged, basically. Like. Is that basically the gist of it? So even though it's only 6%, yeah. not the really high rates of the 70s, it could be proportionally worse. Thanks very much. That's the no more baby boomers listening to this podcast. But I think that's a good point, right? <laughs> it's a huge point. It, you know, you've always, it's a classic. Statistics can be interpreted in any way you want them to be. And I think it's, there's always more than one way to, to interpret statistics. So yes, on the face of it, you're right. You're not paying the same interest rates that were there in the 1980s. But contextualize that on the amount of debt and how much what the debt to income ratio is. And that's when you start to realize that you know we are a nation of house owners and house lovers. But actually proportionately, if it's taking over 40% of your revenue and your, your net income, that's a significant amount of money that is going in purely maintaining a property versus what it might have been future generations. So I think that's a really important thing because it's telling you how much it's squeezing people even more. And therefore, interest rates being lower, contextually, probably, I read earlier, it was around 30% of income. It was roughly where we've been for the last 10 years. So that's a reasonable position. You know, if your mortgage, a third for your costs and a third for frivolity, you know, enjoying your life and doing the things you might want to do, saving for your future, all those sorts of things. But yeah, it's tough. It's a tough market. And what I would say, though, is that the mortgage lenders since 2008, which was the last real financial crisis we had, there's been a lot more regulation around mortgage lending and affordability of mortgages and they have stress tested mortgage affordability so they have these calculators which we have to abide by we look at them we say right can someone afford their mortgage let's put all of these details in and determine whether it's affordable now but also where interest rates rise could it still be affordable i think they're pushing those stress testing now where we are with interest rates but it's important to also understand what's going on with the mortgage market as we see today so one of the points you said is you know what, what are the difficulties we're seeing well as mortgage brokers we are seeing mortgage rates being pulled on a daily basis. What does that mean when you say pulled? What do you, are you going to tell me? I was, yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, what we mean by being pulled is that the mortgage provider says today, we are offering these rates. So those rates I mentioned earlier, they, they were being offered as of five o'clock last night. As of this morning, they could have disappeared, no longer available. And that is down to them reassessing their risk, what's going on with the cost of them to borrow the money longer term as well. So if it's costing them more, they have to reassess their entire product range. And what we tend to find is we're going through a bit of a cycle. So a couple of weeks ago, HSBC were the only lender that hadn't re-evalued re their mortgage rates. So 
naturally, everyone, every broker, every man, every dog, every person zoomed in on HSBC as the place they're going to try and get the cheapest mortgage at that point in time. And then HSBC went, we can't cope with this. And then funny enough, 24 hours later, they pulled their mortgage deals and changed their rates. They even sent out an apology, but they were just saying, you know, obviously, we're trying to do the right thing by clients by giving the best possible service. Because if everyone then rushes to one lender, they're consumers, they can't deal with it. And that delays the process of getting mortgages through. The other thing that we were finding is that as brokers, we're sat on the portal trying to apply on your behalf and you're in a queue. And there are thousands of people in this queue. And you're sat on a screen, just showing a bar line, you know, a bar chart going across. It's where you're over a thousand in the queue just to get onto their website, to be able to try and apply on behalf. It's worse than trying to get Glastonbury tickets, that is. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's really tough at the moment because we're trying, as, and this is across all mortgage brokers, you know, we're trying to get the best possible deal for you as soon as we can. But we're up against extremely challenging circumstances where not only can the rate change overnight, you can't get access to those lenders, and therefore communication with your broker is absolutely essential because you need to be able to communicate really quickly at this kind of time. Now I've said all of that, things will calm down. The reason we had this spin is because inflation figures came out and they were higher than anticipated. We thought we were on the downward trajectory. And then we get to June and nothing's changed. Crikey, what does that mean? It means interest rates are going up higher than we anticipated, which means we've got to reassess the whole entire market and what we're going to be you know, providing in terms of rates. So that sort of then brings me on to what can you do in these circumstances? The first thing people might not know is that if you are within six months of your rate ending, your fixed rate ending, you can lock in at a rate now. So if you are going to be remortgaging from December onwards, so your rate finishes in December 23 onwards, start thinking to yourself, as soon as it hits the six month mark, I need to speak to a broker. And the reason you need to speak to a broker is because your current lender may not be providing you the best rate. You need to shop around. You need to start that process now. And the sooner you do it, the better. Locking in six months ahead, what does that do for you? Firstly, it secures a rate. Hopefully it's a slightly lower rate than what they might be in a few months time because we know rates are going to keep going up it allows you to plan because you'll then understand what the cost of your mortgage is going to be yeah forewarned is forearmed all that sort of you know old averages correct me if i'm wrong it's basically like a no-brainer hedge because i could if say my mortgage is ending in six months time i could come to you today we could lock in a rate and then in six months time i could either take that rate or if things have got worse i could get a better rate in six months time it seems like a no-brainer unless i've misunderstood no absolutely right there are some small admin costs involved in providing advice but ultimately you know that's a cost worth paying if you think it's going to save you thousands and thousands of pounds over the longer term the next thing you've got to determine is do you want a two-year fixed rate do you want a three-year fixed rate do you want a five-year fixed rate do you want to go to 10 years what's important for you and what's going to drive that is affordability and your desire to understand what your costs would be for the longer period of time. Now I've got a slightly different view on fixed rates and whilst they might be a bit higher now, if we know inflation is still relatively high, you could argue that that cost of that mortgage will decrease over the course of time because hopefully your, hopefully he says, your income will increase over time and therefore you know, the cost of the mortgage will decrease a little. But it's safe to say that we are in a period of higher interest rates for the next couple of years, two to three years, and the chances are it's never going back down to below 1%.
unless we have a cataclysmic issue within the economy, which obviously we sincerely hope we don't. But we're going to be coming back to a, I hate to use the terminology, a new normal, but a new normal will be, and they've sort of suggested possibly between 2 to 3% rates. So we're going back in time. We kind of come back to a normal economic cycle. But that's only once inflation is under control. So if you're basically, if you're six months out and you're on a fix, get in contact with a hold of market, independent mortgage broker, like the ones on Medics Money, like Mike. What about like if you are, if you've got three years or two years left on your fix, like maybe you're fixed at like 1.49 or something and you're sat there thinking, I've just listened to what Mike just said about perhaps interest rates are going back to closer to the historical average. I think the historical average is somewhere between four and 5% over time. Yeah. So let's just assume we're going back to that. So you've got like three years left on your mortgage. What kind of things could you be thinking about there? I mean, I guess I'm thinking about the question we're getting a lot is, should I start overpaying, et cetera, like that? And then that brings us back around to what you said at the start about loan to value, because the loan to value rates for the that you quoted us for the 60% were quite a lot lower. So, yeah. So financial advice and talking about debt, invariably we would always suggest you pay your debt down first. That's obviously the sort of number one priority. Um, however, you've also got to consider what the return on your investment is. And currently, if we look at bank current you know, interest rates that you could get in a cash account, there's currently a two-year bond, which is basically you secure your money away for two years, and you can currently get 5.85%. Five-year bond currently showing at 4%. So if you have savings, and you're not investing, for example, on the stock market, but you have cash savings, but you're only paying 1.4%, there's an argument to say you're better off keeping that money saved whilst interest rates are higher, taking advantage of those interest rates. But then considering whether you then pay down some of your mortgage at the point you remortgage. You've got to make that decision based on your own personal circumstances. Obviously, this isn't advice. It's just suggesting you can look at the value of savings versus paying down your mortgage now. Because if you're paying down your mortgage now and you're only paying 1.4%, technically you're saving 1.4% on that money versus potentially 5.85% on a two-year bond. So it's considering your own personal circumstances, looking at what return you can get, and um, yes, you can pay down your mortgage at the point of remortgage. Now, if we look at what you should be doing, realistically, it's the same good financial prudence that you should be applying in any circumstance, regardless of interest rates being high or not. So first thing I would always suggest is check your credit history. When was the last time you got a credit report? Make sure there's nothing on there that shouldn't be on there. Get an idea of where you are with things affordability at the moment is going to be key for an awful lot of listeners and certainly the mortgage providers tightening their affordability criteria even more. So whilst you might be able to have afforded your mortgage a couple of years ago, when you come to remortgage, if your salary hasn't changed or maybe there's been a slight decrease in your salary for whatever reason, then you've got to think, what are my, what are my options? You know, am I going to be able to get the remortgage or not? Which again, just highlights the reason why you need to speak to a broker who can understand that and assess where your best options lie. If you've got a couple of years to go, or even six months to go, think about trying to get rid of your highest possible debt first. And if you have credit agreements and things like that, consider whether you're able to get rid of those as well. Because you're trying to put yourself in the best possible position with your mortgage to, to ensure that you can remortgage. Because the last thing we want to do is that you can't remortgage, you're then stuck on what's called their standard variable rate, which could be higher, which could cost you more anyway. There are options available. Sometimes we can switch with your existing lender without too much fuss. But again, if you come to a broker, 
you would assess, they would assess that anyway, and look at your existing lending versus maybe going out to the open market. But really all we're saying is financial prudence, keep an, you know, keep an idea on all your costs and just start to think to yourself, what can I rationalise here? What can I cut a little bit that will allow me to make it? This mortgage affordable in the long run. That was so much common sense, not advice, in that last section from you. And I know people <laughs> might be listening to this whilst they're watching their kids play netball and my favorite time to listen to a podcast or cricket at the moment. So I'm just going to give it a summary because I think that were, and correct me if I get this wrong. So so on the whole, should I overpay much? Let's say I got three years left on a 1.5 fix. Should I start overpaying or should I save it in a you know guaranteed savings bond that you mentioned okay and the point there is if you're borrowing money at 1.5 percent and you've got that locked in for the next three years happy days then you could put it in a savings account and get 5.5 percent you know that is you know it's not advice but it seems obvious that might be a smart move rather than just overpaying and then with regards to the sort of high interest rate debt like credit cards it's like if your affordability is going to be squeezed because your mortgage is going to, your repayments are going to be going up in the future, if you can pay off high interest rate like credit card debts now, then when it comes to it, you'll be in a much better position, not only to pass the affordability checks, but also just, I mean, in general, paying down credit card debt is always a pretty solid plan. Is that the gist of it without straying into giving advice, just sort of making it yeah, absolutely. What, what we have also seen, stats are showing, is that lots and lots of people are dipping into savings. We've had more savings being dipped into over the last three months than there has been for a very long time. So that just gives you another clue as to what's going on behind the scenes. People may be having to use savings to pay towards some of their mortgage costs. So it's just about, for me, fear and anxiety about these things come from lack of control over a situation. And if you're able to take some steps to start feeling like you've gained that control back, then it doesn't seem quite as bad as it maybe otherwise would. Now, if you find yourself in a predicament, you need to speak to your mortgage lender. That's the first call to call. You have to speak to them. Don't be fearful by picking up the phone that's going to cause you problems. It's not. They have a chance they have a need. They have a, an obligation to support you in your circumstances. Um, and there obviously have been a couple of announcements from the government where they're suggesting that, you know, you could go on to an interest-only element for a period of time. But if you reverse that back to full repayment within six months, then there would be no impact on your credit history. And also they're suggesting that, you know, there is a waiting period now before a bank could repossess a property for up to 12 months. So I sincerely hope no one gets into that position. But talk to your bank, talk to your mortgage provider. You're not the first person, you won't be the last person. And they do have mechanisms to be yeah, able to. Yeah, 100%. And what you're talking about there is the mortgage charter, which was announced really recently uh, sort of from the government, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the government aren't going to intervene directly. There are certain things actually where they do support for lower income households, but for the mass population, they will not be intervening. And ultimately, these are just a few things around the edge just to try and soften the blow. The mortgage charter, you know, possibly useful, possibly not. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting just to understand that why are interest rates probably going to be higher for longer is because everyone's been on a fixed rate and so the pain impact for people on their cost of borrowing is progressive it's not just all of a sudden day one interest rates go up six percent everyone feels the pain they don't it's actually over two three four years because everyone's been fixed rates if you look back to sort of 2008 a vast majority of people were on the sort of standard variable rate they weren't fixing in because fixing in was more expensive so that automatically then meant 
that as soon as interest rates rose in 2007-8, that had a hugely direct impact. And therefore, that did choke off people's spending capability very quickly, and then inflation came down very quickly. Whereas it's a bit more sticky this time because of the fact that we are now a nation of fixed rate mortgages. Interesting. I hadn't really thought about it like that. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense because the effect is basically going to be staggered because not everyone's going to feel the pain initially or proportionally. Like that was awesome. Thank you for so much for jumping on. I need to go and have some breakfast. You need to get to work because you've probably got a ton of mortgages to sort out today. Is that right? Absolutely. Boy, look. Yeah, we've we put quite a few through yesterday and I think it's probably another busy day today. But um, obviously, please do get in touch. We've, we've got availability to speak. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, you can go to our either through the Medix Money site or we've got a website, mortgages.com. You can go through. We've got a special part of our business that just deals with that. And you'd be able to book an online video call with any of our advisors within the next couple of days or obviously not weekend, but next week, definitely. And hopefully we'll be able to help you as quick as we can. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. Catch up again soon. Take care. Thanks.